Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off on your next order. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group. Uh, here's the plan for today to kick off the week and a day ahead of the season opener. I'm breaking down the top five storylines for the Warriors this season, including Steph Curry's return, James Wiseman's development, and some playoff predictions. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, top five storylines of the season for the Warriors. Let's jump right into it. First, obviously, is Steph Curry returning from a broken hand that sidelined him for most of last season. He played four or five games last year, and he returns to a team that looks completely different than even last year's team, and especially from the 2019 Finals team. Completely different. And in many ways, this season could be a solo act for Steph Curry, and that is a storyline kind of into itself, right? Is will Steph Curry get the help? I want to get into that in a little bit, but for the, before we can even talk about how much help Steph Curry is going to get this year, Steph Curry himself has to play at an MVP level because if he doesn't, the Warriors have no chance this year probably of even making the playoffs. A lot of these projections that you see out there right now, the Warriors are going to win 36 games, 37 games, something like that. They are factoring in Steph Curry still returning to maybe borderline MVP level. And getting kind of, and his supporting cast sort of turning in the kind of seasons that they have routinely turned in throughout their careers. I think it's also taking into account Draymond Green's age and natural decline and those things. Lack of depth, shaky depth. But Steph, first and foremost, has to score, I don't know, 30 points a game, six or seven assists per game. He's going to have to. Make at least ten, take at least ten three pointers a game. Probably make four of them. If he gets up to thirteen three pointers a game, like he was for in, in that last preseason game, he's gonna have to make four or five a game to keep that percentage where it needs to be at to space the floor. Now, I think from what we saw from Steph in the preseason, he can do it. Like, I'm not gonna bet against Steph Curry. Right, and he's going to go out there. He's going to have the opportunity, and they're going to. He's going to be asked to score thirty points a game. I mean, he could win the scoring title this year. That's not out of the realm of possibility. He could win the scoring title this year. And this is kind of the stuff we said going into last year that he needed to play at an MVP level. A lot of people were predicting that he would win the MVP or at least finish in the top two or three. Maybe he would play a little bit more ISO without Kevin Durant, without Clay. But we saw that's not going to happen. The Warriors aren't all going to start and start playing Steph Curry isolation stuff. It's not his game. It's not what Steve Kerr likes to do. It's not what Steph likes to do. He's still going to play off the ball a bunch. He's still going to run around. He's still going to shoot and catch or catch and shoot. So he's not going to go James Harden, Russell Westbrook all over this thing. And that's okay. It's not his game. He could still dominate the offense without even touching the ball because of his gravity. 
And we're going to see that. We already saw that in the preseason. But, uh, and by the way, the catch-and-shoot numbers in the preseason were good. I mean, the metrics in the preseason for Steph, catch-and-shoot-wise, were really good. He needs to be right there because the threat of him opens up the space of everybody else. And so the rest of this team really needs to get going. Now, I don't really know where the help is going to be. There's some lineup issues. There's some rotation issues. This is not the Warriors of the past where you knew exactly what the closing lineup would be with Andre Iguodala coming in, Draymond at center. I think you're going to have a little bit more mix and match game to game, a little bit more improvisation from Steve Kerr as this uh, season goes on. But he's going to need to get help from somewhere on a night-to-night basis. Now, Draymond Green will come back, and he's going to help. He's going to help a lot, offensively and defensively. Defensively, we know what he can do. Offensively, he's kind of the organizer. He's another playmaker with that first unit. And to me, that's what was really missing. And in the preseason, you can sort of see the Warriors succeed and fail based on if Andrew Wiggins could be that kind of playmaker guy. When he wasn't, the offense grinded to a halt. When he was, they were smooth, they were flowing, it looked really good, playing fast, getting good shots, getting to the rim. So when Draymond comes back, he can sort of just be your point guard. And Steph is playing a lot of you know point guard, but also off the ball. So as far as rotation questions go, there's some numbers here that I found that were, were pretty interesting. Um, I don't know what the small ball lineup goes. When you get into a pinch, in the past, the Warriors would go small with Draymond at the five and playmaking and shooting around him. Now, if if first in line to do that is Kent Bazemore or Brad Wanamaker, I don't love that. I think Eric Paschal would be an interesting option, but last year the numbers weren't great. Uh, when Draymond and Paschal were on the floor together, they were minus 98. In 398 minutes. So a small sample and a, and a sample that was not with Steph Curry. And a big reason they were minus 98 in almost 400 minutes was because there wasn't enough shooting on the floor. Now, if you have Steph in there and that front line of Green and Pascal giving up some height, but those guys are really big, they're really strong. The rebounding with Pascal on the floor is unbelievable. I mean, his, his numbers, the rebounding numbers as a team when Pascal's on there on the floor or elite, elite, especially for somebody his size. So I think he can make up for that, but he needs to get his shot going. And I didn't love what I saw from the pre, in the preseason from Eric Pascal. I have no reason to believe that that shot is going to come around to league average or even slightly below league average or even any higher than his 28% he shot last year as a rookie. But Steph being on the floor will help that. Having some athleticism, Improved athleticism from last year around around those two would help also with Wiggins and Oubre. But a number that I found encouraging was that the Warriors were plus 5.5 points per 100 possessions better than their opponent in the 400 minutes they played with Andrew Wiggins on the floor. In that 12-game sample of 400 minutes. That, to me, is really encouraging because that shows to me that Wiggins may be able to run things, especially in the second unit. Because if you base the team that he was playing with as a starter last year, the quality of player that that was is really similar to the bench this year. right? I kind of say that last year's starters are this year's bench, at least qualitatively. So if Wiggins can do that against now other second units, that bodes really well for the Warriors. 
because now you have somebody who can not only play other bench units to a tie, but perhaps extend leads or get back into the game if Wiggins is running that second unit. And, I, and, and Steve Kerr will, will experiment, tinker with those lineups and those rotations. But I think early on, it's pretty clear that Wiggins is going to run that second unit. And he should. He's got the skill set to do it. And in the preseason, two of the three preseason games, he looked good. So I think you have to, of, of all your options, he's the best option. So those are some of my questions with, with Steph. Is it going to be so much of a solo act? You look at the elite teams in the league, and they have two guys who can create their own shot in a pinch, right? And when the Warriors had Klay Thompson, they did have two of those guys. They had Steph and they had Klay. I wouldn't put Draymond in there because he's not really creating his own shot. He's creating shots for others. That's, that's different. But in a pinch, and, they ha- and with Klay healthy, you can go to Steph or you can go to Klay, and, you can ha- and you, you, both of those guys can create their own shots. Klay Thompson doesn't really do that a lot, but he can. You can post Klay Thompson up. He'll get his own shot. And, again, and the way he plays off the ball, he's basically creating his look before the catch. But without Clay, I, I can't put the Warriors in that elite tier of, guy, of teams that have two playmakers, two guys who can create their own shot in a pinch. Maybe Wiggins can get there. Maybe Uber can get there. That's going to be a big part of what the Warriors are going to be looking at this year is can one of those guys sort of emerge as that type of player. I'm not ready to say that they will. We know that they have that kind of player in Steph. And even if those guys do in the regular season, doing that in the playoffs is completely different. But we'll see. We'll see. Up next, I'll lay out the Warriors' path to a top 10 defense. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus College football just announced the four-team college football playoff, and I have a lot of gripes about it. I don't think that Notre Dame belongs in the top four at all. You lose to Clemson the way you lost to Clemson. You're not better than Clemson, right? You are not a title team. You don't deserve a chance to try to win the college football title because of that loss. But Notre Dame, they snuck into that college football playoff. If you're not as confident on Notre Dame as I am, Maybe put some money on it. Maybe put your money where your mouth is. I don't know. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people, and with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, 
you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. After Tuesday night's season opener against the Nets, tune in for my recap of the game featuring the key takeaways, the stat of the game, and get your questions in for the Twitter question of the game. Uh, the second storyline to watch the, for the Warriors season is whether or not they can uh, accomplish their goal of having a top 10 defense this year, right? The, the, the line out of training camp and out of the preseason has been that the Warriors want to put together a top 10 defense. Now, based on what we saw in the preseason, I don't think they're quite there. And based on their personnel, I don't think they're quite there. Now, granted, they didn't have Draymond Green. Draymond Green is their best defender. They're going to get James Wiseman back. Uh, having Wiseman there to protect the rim will help. And I think what Steve Kerr saw in the preseason, I mean, that defense man was soft. They were giving up almost 50, 60 points in the paint on a nightly basis. It was soft in the middle. Now, I don't mean mentally soft, just physically soft. Kevon Looney at 6'9", Marquise Chris, 6'9", undersized as, as starting centers. That's why you draft Wiseman. He's 7 feet tall, 7 foot 6 wingspan, I mean, the guy's huge. And so already he's their most imposing rim protector, even if he's raw and has a ways to go. But after what Steve Kerr saw in the preseason, that's why he wouldn't rule out James Wiseman, despite him not playing at all in the preseason, even starting Tuesday against Brooklyn. And said he's the eventual starter. It's not a matter of if, but when Wiseman starts at center. So that's the path to a top 10 defense, that Wiseman starts at center and is able to become that rim protector right away. Now, maybe he's not going to be able to switch onto the perimeter as well as one day he will, but he needs to be better than what he showed at Memphis. I wrote a story for MercuryNews.com kind of detailing Wiseman's summer, the 13 months in between game, in between his last college basketball game at Memphis and his debut on Tuesday. What was going on in that period? He was training in Miami. He was working on his body doing a lot of things, playing pickup with guys like D'Angelo Russell and John Wall and James Harden. And a lot of times he would switch on to those guys. And, and from the people that I talked to who saw that, saw those pickup games, they all say that he did pretty well. So if he can do that at the NBA level and protect and, and provide more room protection than what the Warriors had, that's, that's, that, that's going to be key in the Warriors creating what could be a top 10 defense. Obviously getting Draymond back is going to help. That's going to clean up a lot of that backdoor stuff that the, that the Warriors got taken advantage of in the preseason. You got he's, he's, he's smart. He organizes everything. He's going to be able to get James Wiseman in place. Him and Wiseman have started to create a little bit of a bond in training camp, uh, probably because they both, sort of by happy coincidence, missed training camp after you know the positive coronavirus test. And so they've sort of just been linked at the hip a little bit here. Uh, and, and so that bond has started. And in scrimmages and in practices, Draymond has been pulling Wiseman inside. And, and, and sort of guiding him. And so you've got that. And, and then the rest of it here is going to be basically Oubre and Wiggins playing defense more consistently than they ever have in their career. Kelly Oubre is going to be the guy who defends on the ball a lot. He kind of replaces Clay Thompson. Andrew Wiggins is going to be the guy a little bit stronger than Oubre uh, defending other wings, guys like Kawhi, LeBron. That's Wiggins' job now. Now, both of them were drafted out of Kansas with the idea that they could eventually develop into elite defenders, all NBA-level defenders. 
The Warriors think that they could still kind of coax that type of defender out of them. We'll see if they can. Two big ifs, I think. I thought Wiggins was okay in the preseason. I thought Oubre was better than I thought in the preseason, but still, he, he gets beat a lot backdoor. He's better on ball than he is off ball. And I think Draymond will help clean some of those things up, but not completely. So the other part of this for the Warriors to build a top 10 defense, they're going to need to lead the leagues in blocks this year. They're going to have to get a lot of steals, a lot of deflections, but they're going to have to block a ton of shots. The one thing about Wiggins is that he's a really good shot blocker. And in the preseason, Golden State was second among all teams in the preseason with 7.7 blocks per game. Now, that's without James Wiseman, and that's without Draymond Green, who gets about one block per game. And when you consider what they were doing, they kind of had Eric Paschal there, Juan Toscano Anderson. Like Those were the guys starting at power forward. Those guys aren't getting blocks. Draymond Green will get you one. James Wiseman, presumably, is going to get you maybe two a game. He chases a lot of blocks, and he can get out of position, so he needs to, he needs to hold back on that a little bit. But if he can get you two legit blocks a game, and then you got Draymond there, and you got Wiggins blocking shots, maybe Oubre's getting you, you know, half a block, a block per game. The Warriors could lead the league in blocks. And if you look at last year, two of the top three teams, or two of the top three defenses in the league last year, Milwaukee and the Lakers, were two of the top three teams in blocks last season. So it's not the end-all, be-all, right? It's not just block shots equals elite defense, but it's a path. And I think with that and the Warriors' defensive rebounding, that's sort of, to me, the path to them becoming a top-ten defense. They have to clean up some of the backdoor stuff. They have to stay on their assignments. They have to play with poise, and especially when when, in crunch time when it matters. But that that at least starts to lay out a path uh, to get there. James Wiseman's development is... That being really the third storyline for the Warriors this year, that's going to be key. What he looks like when he debuts versus what he looks like at the end of the season will probably be two very different players. But Wiseman's development, specifically on the defensive end, is going to be immensely important to this team. Not only for the top 10 defense, but for their overall success. If he could start playing 20-plus minutes per game at center, reliable, good, game-changing minutes at center, the Warriors' ceiling gets so much higher. We're going to talk about that a little bit more coming up. I'll tell you the other team also that the Warriors fans should be watching closely. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. If you're like me, when you get hungry, you can make bad decisions. But the best way to avoid blowing your diet is to be prepared. That's why I always have a box of Built Bars in the kitchen. Not only is this the best tasting protein bar I've ever had, it's the most healthy and it fills me up while I'm busy or I'm on the go. With 18 amazing flavors, including new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They taste like a candy bar, but they're low-calorie and low-sugar, while also being high in protein and fiber, making them perfect for keto and other low-carb diets. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off on your next order, plus a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Again, I don't expect you to be eating healthy this week or even next week. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. You're finishing off the year strong with a bunch of cookies and candy canes and all that stuff. But be prepared for January 1st when you want to get back to your New Year's resolution. Start getting in shape. Start losing weight. Be prepared on day one by ordering a box of Built Bars today. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, continuing along with our top five storylines of the Warriors season. Number one, Steph Curry's solo act. Number two, how do you build a top 10 defense? And number three was James Wiseman's development. We're going to number four here. And that's to avoid the play-in tournament entirely. Can the Warriors do that? I have my doubts, to be honest. Uh, so the play-in tournament this year, seeds number seven through 10 in each conference, will play one or two games to determine who ends up being the number seven and number eight seed in the playoffs. Now, if you look at the rest of the Western Conference, man, I don't know about Golden State's chances. Had they had Clay Thompson, I'd feel much better about it, obviously. But without Clay, uh, they're they're a pretty clear notch below the top six teams, and there's going to be six playoff locks. And then once you're seven or eight, you don't get to just go into the playoffs like you normally would. You have to play in this sort of play-in tournament. And so the six teams that I think are locks are the Lakers, who are a tier unto themselves. The Clippers, the Nuggets, the Blazers, the Jazz, and the Mavericks. Those, to me, are the playoff locks. Those teams are getting in. And I think there's a pretty clear gap between those top six teams and the rest of the Western Conference. Now, I have the Warriors in that next tier. I have the Warriors in that next tier along with the Phoenix Suns. It's To me, the Warriors and the Suns are going to be the teams that are vying for that number seven spot. And so if you're seven... If you're number seven, you play uh, number eight in the first game, and the winner just gets the number seven seed, period, end of story. The loser of that game goes ahead and plays the winner of the 9-10 game. And the winner of that second game gets the number eight seed. So obviously, you'd like to win that first game. So you don't really get an advantage if you're the seventh seed or the eighth seed. right? You get home court, but that's about it. You don't have any uh, uh, other kind of schematic advantage, structural advantage as far as the play-in tournament goes. You know, number seven doesn't play number 10. Number eight doesn't play number nine. Seven and eight play, and the winner goes on. Uh, So I'm not really concerned whether or not the Warriors finish the year in seventh or eighth place. But to me, there is a showdown in the future between Phoenix and the Warriors. Now, obviously, things can change. One coronavirus test to one of these top six teams can drop one of those teams down into the wildcard playoff. You you test positive for the coronavirus this season, you're out 10 to 12 games or 10, or, uh, 10 to 12 days, which could be four or five games. In this condensed season, when you're playing almost every other night for sure, it could be six games. It could be more than that if, if their conditioning is off. It could be seven, eight, nine games. So if you lose a key player, if you're one of these top six teams, that takes you from maybe being locked into these top six to now having to play in this wildcard tournament. And if that's the case, then a path opens up for the Warriors or the Suns, maybe both, to kind of sneak into that top six in those locks. So the Warriors are going to have to get start. They're going to have to play well early. Uh... They're going to have to stay healthy, obviously. You don't want to be one of those teams that ends up dropping out because of another positive test. The Warriors have already had two, and we've seen how that's affected them so far already. 
But that would be to me the path. But if all things are even and, all, and these teams remain mostly healthy, then I think, and by the way, that coronavirus stuff, that all might end up evening out at the end of the 72-game season, right? So I think the Warriors and the Suns are there. I would have the Pelicans as another option there. They'd probably end up at 9 or 10 or something like that. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other teams that I don't really take seriously as, as making it into the playoffs. I think the Warriors have a good chance to make the playoffs, but I do think it's going to end up having to take this play-in tournament. But if they could avoid it altogether, that would be huge. So you're watching throughout the season, right? Who are the top six teams? Where do the Warriors rank? And can they avoid this play-in thing altogether? Um, all right, our last storyline of the season has nothing even really to do with what the Warriors will be doing on a night-to-night basis. But a team that, other, that Warriors fans should be watching is the Minnesota Timberwolves this year. Why? Because the Warriors have their top three protected pick in this upcoming draft. And man, it is a loaded draft. It is a loaded draft. So if if the pick, if Minnesota ends up picking in the top three, they get to keep their pick. And, the, and then the trade gets rolled over to the next year. Warriors get the... Uh, but if it falls out of that top three, and we won't know until the actual draft lottery, right? But uh, the odds are better for the top three teams, as Warriors fans learned this year. If it falls out of that top three, then the Warriors get that pick. So you could be picking anywhere between four and whatever. Now, I don't think Minnesota is going to be in the playoffs. I think they've got some talent. D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns. They've got some guys. They drafted Anthony Edwards. I like him. Listeners of the show know that. But... They don't have any great three-point. They don't have great three-point shooting around Towns. Um, D'Angelo Russell could be streaky, and defensively, that it's going to be rough, man. Teams are going to just attack. That they're going to they're going to drag D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns into pick and rolls all season long, and we know that now. And I don't know how much better Towns can possibly play in order to minimize that threat. So I think Minnesota is going to be really, really bad defensively. They may be the worst defensive team in the league this year. Eh, Cleveland, the Knicks, they'll be down there. But I, I think that the, the the Timberwolves are pretty obvious. It's pretty clear that they're going to end up in the lottery somewhere. Where they end up, well, uh, 538 has them, has projects them with the 10th worst record in the league with 34 wins. And then our friends over at Bet Online AG has them tied... Uh, with the Spurs projected for um, the ninth fewest wins. So right around there, right? Nine or ten. Right? If, if these projections sort of play out the way that that uh, these services expect. So, you know, not, not the fourth pick in the draft, but hey, the ninth the tenth pick in the draft could be really good. That's a position in the lottery. Maybe you end up getting higher based on the bouncing balls and doesn't stay, it doesn't fall into the top three. So if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm watching Minnesota this year. I'm, t- I'm keeping an eye on this draft, college basketball, whatever happens with that. I'm keeping an eye on all this stuff because the Warriors, when this season is over, may be able to fill a major need based on that pick. And also based on that pick, if Minnesota is fourth or fifth, you know, fourth or fifth worst record in the league by the trade deadline, that pick is a little bit more valuable at the trade deadline than it would be if Minnesota were on the fringe of the playoffs. So another key thing uh, for Warriors fans to watch this year. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, say nice things about the show. Thank you to Built Bar, BetOnline.ag, and Blue Nile for sponsoring today's show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WCGoldberg or email them to wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. 
and I'll see you here tomorrow morning.